All right, for all you chicken breeders out there, if you're looking for new chicken coops, you call Chicken Partners at telephone 336-391-9773, and you will get a hell of a deal, and you'll get 10% off, and tell them the superstar told you to call. Hey, Bill, let's talk about, um, take a look at the Mid-South Tag Team titles. Um, when you went in as the booker, I guess Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling too, had just won the tag belts maybe a week or two before you got there. I wonder why you broke that team up so quick. Well, I didn't think it was a good mix. I mean, two was an older guy and he was, you know, losing his head and that's why he wore the mask and all the other thing. And TA was a young, good looking devil, six foot three or whatever he was, 245 pounds. And I just didn't think it was a good mix of that. So obviously somebody saw something in it, but I didn't. So I want TA as a single or with somebody else, so Johnny had to go. Well, and, and you used it in... And when you have the pencil, you can do anything you want. <laughs> uh, he, uh, two got a, a one last hoorah, is turning heel and developing TA and that whole language. Right, so. and that was the kind of the thought in my head at the time we did it, but I didn't have to lay all that out to them, I just did it. You just breathed a little life back in there. Right, yes. And... Uh, I guess you put it immediately on the Midnight Express. That was my deal. Yeah, that's I mean, where you were I heading. I took them there to do that. I mean, they were getting them regardless, and Ricky and Robert was the good guys getting them regardless. And I guess for the next year, Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express tore the house down all over. Every night. Yeah. Made Bill watch that more was the money. money he'd ever made. <laughs> um, well, I guess um, after, after they swapped it a couple times, you had DiBiase and Hercules Hernandez take the, the belts from Rock and Roll Express. What were you planning and plotting behind that? Well, I really believe Mr. Watts had more to do with that than me. So what the, did we do after the, that? How the, long did the, that last? The, not long. The, the team that, that I was wondering, there was there something we didn't know about her. Hercules, he, um, he kind of disappeared. And, uh, that's when you put uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and DiBiase together. It seems like the more, that's the team that everybody remembers. Yeah. Not Hercules and DiBiase. Um, the, the so Hercules. The big guys, they were big guys to death, I thought. So, Absolutely. I mean, Ricky and Robert and the Midnight Express were smaller and, you know, flying all over the place. So, when if anything went back to big guys, then that was what wanted. Was there? A, did you decide that Hercules wasn't working out, or did something happen, or he only stayed in that team for a couple of weeks, maybe? And I, I would lie to ever told you anything. I mean, he was a kind of wild, so who knows what happened? All right. <laughs> well, um, looks like, um, of course, Rock and Roll Express swapped it back and forth with DiBiase and Williams, but uh, something happened that um, I don't know how it didn't get booked and put on the calendar right but uh dibiase had a, a tour of japan coming up and he's holding the belt and he's not wanting to not go to japan and make that money so you end up uh kind of got got a little weird dr death steve williams and all of a sudden old bruiser bob sweetan shows up as the uh, as his partner did that cause you any booking problems dibiase no, that... You had to go for the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can't blame the man going that, but when we brought... No, Bob Sweet then drew money in Louisiana, so yeah. don't get us wrong. 
So it was like bringing an older horse and putting him with a younger established, horse. Established, yeah. yeah. And he was established, but he wasn't going in the direction. He couldn't do Ricky and Robert matches. No. And he couldn't do Midnight Express matches. So, Tough guy credibility, though. Right, but people knew who he was and his name, you know, they knew Bob Sweetan. And uh, I guess uh, then you dropped it to Wendell Cooley and Al Perez. Uh, Williams and, and Bob Sweetan dropped it to them. How'd, that how'd you put that team together, or where were you I'm going with that? I'm trying to think. That, that, I mean, you've kind of caught me off guard here. That even when you said the names, I thought, who the hell put them together? <laughs> Obviously me. <laughs> but I, I really don't remember why we did it. Well, they, I mean, they were a baby. They, they were yeah, over with the girls. Yeah, they were over with the girls, but they weren't Ricky and Robert over. No, not at all. Well, nobody ever was before or after. You must have thought enough to, to put the, the belts on them. Well, yeah, you have to do something every week when you have a TV and not your job, booking wrestlers. L looking down the list, and I understand you, you go where the money is, but uh, you're gonna, those titles were going to drop in New Orleans or maybe Shreveport, but poor little Rex Luther sitting in Greenville, Mississippi, buying his ticket every week. Uh, just wasn't going to get the belts dropped there, was he? Yeah, and it wasn't just going to happen there. No, sir. No. Uh, always the big shows. But here was the other thing. The Greenwood in the Greenville, Mississippi, Jerry Jarrett run it too. So you you, you kind of, did you go to his shows too? Oh, he, he got as far, he tried Greenwood, but he got to Clarksdale and maybe Cleveland. But uh, stayed out of Greenville. Oh, I thought he did Greenwood. Yeah, yeah did. that was the that was almost the imaginary line. I think when you got about yeah, the Clarksdale, that, that was the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. So you'd get you'd get a, a Jared show in Clarksdale, and then you know 30, 40 miles the other way, you'd, you'd get a, yeah. a White show. But um, I guess the majority of the time that you were there, you you did the the money in the business with rock and roll and. Midnight Express. Right. That's what, and that's who you brought with you for that reason. So That would be like taking Elvis somewhere and not using him. Exactly. I mean, that, that was the idea of them four guys, or five, because Jimmy Cornette, even though he was a pain in the ass, he a good manager. Hey, I, I, uh, there was a team that never got it, uh, the superstar and Buddy Landale. Why, why did they never get the belt? Oh, who knows? <laughs> no, I, Budro was wild, too. I mean... Hercules and Buddy was back You're saying in, you you would have had to keep up with two belts? Yeah, back in their young days. Oh my God. So I, it was easier for me just to be on the card just because I still like the work. Yeah. But to put yourself in the in the, the programs and the people, well, that son of a bitch wasn't the booker. He wouldn't be doing this. He wouldn't be doing that. It had nothing to do with what talent I had. Or was it, it hadn't stopped anybody else. All over the place. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. And sometimes it, it but, didn't uh, work. That may be why you did uh, $20 million in less than two years for Bill Watts's gate, too. So Right. Well, I hope he paid his taxes on uh, $20 well, million. Well, I, I should have said that figure, <laughs> but uh, we'll finish on that. Your favorite town. Bill, what is your favorite town over the year? I know favorites for different reasons, but overall, what's your favorite town to go to work? Well, I like to go to Tupelo every Friday night because it was co close coming into Memphis and you can do the thing. And it was, they were very nice to me in Tupelo, Mississippi. The people were, and they bought a lot of pictures, they said. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was a good that, that way, and, and the people were very nice to me, and the people that run it were nice to me. Herman Sheffield and his wife, Jean, 
80 mile and run it every Friday. So it, it was to me a good place to go. A good deal. There's Tupelo, shout out to Tupelo, Mississippi. Bill, the Mid-South uh, area, the top title was the North American Championship. It had a long history uh, with Danny Hodge and Bill Watts, uh, Stan Hansen, Dick Murdoch, a lot of, a lot of big guys, a lot of tough guys. Yeah, um, tough guys too. Um, Junkyard Dog, that's who actually had it when you became the booker. Um, nobody would have saw it coming. I certainly didn't. He'd been the champion most of my life. That's all I knew. And him to go up against the other good guy, Mr. Wrestling too. I, I, I would have never in my grandest day thought those two would fight. Either one would cheat or the, jaw, the dog would lose the title and a lose leave town match. It didn't it was a surprise in my yeah, young life, right. yeah. It blew me away. Well um, that's what professional wrestling is about. You're not supposed to be able to figure it out. Catch on, figure yeah. out. When you go to the movies you know John Wayne's gonna end up kicking their ass, but it takes ninety minutes of the movie for that, that gunfight to come to the end. So when I got down there I had to get the gunfight going quick and go the direction I was going in and JY had to take a little vacation. And it looks like in one, it seems easy, but I understand it took a lot of planning and plot and we didn't understand what was going on. But you were able to give the junkyard dog a rest, give Mr. Rossin two a little gas in his tank for one more run, and shine the light on Magnum TA right. by putting it on him. So it, your vision is clear looking from this end, but back then, yeah, nobody had it. No, nobody could have plotted up. I know what's going to happen next week because there was no way right. with that kind I of. I was the only one that had division, and Mr. Watts, because you had to sometimes run like beating the JYD to lose or leave town. You have to run that by the big cowboy. You can't just. I would do imagine that. so. Yeah, right. You don't want him to read it in the newspaper that Junkyard Dog's gone. Yeah, right. JYD sitting down in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I got you. Now, as soon as uh, Magnum T carried the, the gold, uh, I guess you put him in a program with Ernie, the big cat lad. Another good guy, a big old boy, and, and, and a funny devil. I mean, he was. He, he, Ernie was, how would you say, he would call, he was a kind of prejudiced other black people on his interviews, you know how yeah. he talked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he could knock Ray Candy or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but then, uh, and be in the woodpile down exactly. all that, you knew what he was meaning. Yeah. Um, what were their, their, your booking reasoning behind getting T.A. to go against a, a established heel, Somebody who could carry the mic and put yeah, butts and in the all seat. And then get him over. And then if he beats him, he's, he's done something. Yeah, it meant something. Um, so that, that was, again, part of your development right. of, of T.A. into a bigger star. And we had done that in Memphis with lots of people. You know how Memphis was and how it's still in Jared's last 10, 15 years. You made your own champions. You know something different? I could sit there as a kid on the opening match at Mid-South and see a black-haired Buddy Landell lose every week and I could sl see him slowly progress up the ranks, get an attitude and get some wins and get some titles and you felt like you were much more invested in that person because you, you kind of grew up with him or saw him yeah. develop. So when you brought a guy like T.A. along and all of a sudden he's knocked down the big cat 
Ernie Ladd. I mean, all that, there was a reason we were crazy standing in line for those tickets and, and had the passion and, and screaming and crying and right. believed in it because you slowly took us along the whole way. Um, now, um, what was the deal with um, Brad Armstrong? I mean, he was a hell of a talent. He was a wrestling family. I mean, he, he, he had the history to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, but he just, to me as a fan of that, that era, he seemed out of the blue coming, and maybe that was the reason, to take on Aaron Ladd. And he put the gold on him. I was a, yeah, I mean, nobody thought not knocking him, but was going to beat <laughs> Goliath, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so that surprised me again. Um, well, that's what professional wrestling is supposed to be, yeah. full of surprises. And I guess you then you played right back into whatever DiBiase and the Armstrongs had going in Georgia with uh, hooking Brad Armstrong into a, a run against DiBiase. So I guess you tied all that into. Yeah, well, we kind of knew all that. Crushing so Bob you, Armstrong's yeah. face on Georgia wrestling. And, um, how'd you get DiBiase to drop the belt to Terry Taylor? You'd been kind of grooming him along the way. Was that an issue? No, I mean, back in them days, it was really no issue. Somebody had to drop it to them. Right. And it would be like I've said this a million times before. If we was going on that era and on that premise, Billy Robertson would have been the champion forever. So. And I guess I mean? I, if, if if Terry Taylor was going to assume the role that you were preparing for him, he needed to get a win over somebody like DiBiase. Right. To give him the credibility. I mean, he, I thought he was a good-looking guy. I thought he was a good worker. I thought he could sell. He could do all the things a babyface could do. He wasn't the best talker when he first got there, but he learned, that, like we all have to learn, to, you know, what we're doing, how, how we do things. And I, I guess I was one of the first to think there was potential in Terry Till and turned out to be right because he drew money in Louisiana. Um, and uh, as I was watching the shows and I, you know, been on the edge of your seat every week with the TV metal tournament going on. You had a you know quality match. Um, things seemed to go haywire, and I had no idea, and I wasn't supposed to know, but um, there's a distinctive change, and I'm not knocking the next guys, but there's a distinctive change between all the champions that we listed, you know, Orndorff and Jake Roberts, the grappler, Bob Roop. Um, all badasses. Yeah, and it just seemed out of – a whack for a kid to have grown up watching all those guys and um, the nightmare is all of a sudden the champion. It didn't fit with what I thought the weight of that belt. Then I was just a kid, right. but I was the one to buy the ticket. So I guess... Well, it never got over, so you was, obvious, you was obviously right. Yeah. So I guess... You wasn't the only one thinking that. Everybody watching was thinking that. It's kind of crazy. You had no way of knowing then, but all of a sudden... The quality of something or, or, or the uh, you know, skips a beat. Right. Nobody knew that you had took your little booking book. And left. Gone back to Tennessee and took a few choice people with you. Right. So you can kind of go back and now that you're equipped with this knowledge, you can go back and see climate changes in programs as the bookers disappear. You, you see how women can screw up things up? Miss Dundee had, had all she wanted of Louisiana. Time to go home, huh? And I liked it. And, you know, we got along good with Bill Watts and, you know, Anna Watts and we were doing, and Donna, I mean, Beverly and Anna was good friends. We would go up to Tulsa and visit and all that kind of thing. Hey, brother. 
So we would go up there and visit, and they go along good. But when Beverly said we're going back to Tennessee, we was going back to Tennessee. So we loaded up the buggy and off we went to Memphis. Well, she didn't understand that she was affecting my entertainment value as a kid. Right, or anybody else's. <laughs> all right, if you're all out there and you're looking for a new roof, why don't you give Baker Roofing a call at 901-574-7775. And if you call that number, tell them the superstar told you to call, you'll get 10% off your new roof. Bill seems like a well-known wrestler... Rocky Johnson, we all know who his son ended up being, the big movie star. Uh, seems like your your families had crossed paths and hung out together and truly right. had a friendship. And yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I think y'all were in Nashville. And... Yeah, his wife's name's Ada. She's just Simone. Okay. And her father is a bad bastard, Peter Maiva. Absolutely. So if anybody knows who Peter Maiva is. And, and Ada was a tough... For a woman, she was... Simone built, bigger type, big frame woman, and she'd fight you too. But that's another story. Rocky was a real nice guy, he was always nice to me. And then Jamie was a little bitty fella, probably eight, and Dwayne was probably the same, seven or eight, probably an inch taller than Jamie, because he's a big, big old boy. So we tried to get him to fight, me and Rocky. We'd go wrestle one another, and they would never do it. <laughs> so, no, we're not doing that, we're not doing that. So, come on, come on. But <coughs> So Rocky and Jamie kind of grew up together. And so you've got the, the biggest box office draw, Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, <coughs> and Jamie Dundee out there kicking cans and tossing balls and just a normal yeah. childhood. Yeah. Did you, well, uh, Never know where where people end up. Did you, uh, as he grew, and he was a pretty big, big kid. Did you uh, see him going into wrestling? Oh yeah, you knew he was going to be a wrestler. I mean, you knew that more than you knew Jamie. Yeah, and eventually, I guess Flex Cavana is the name you, you guys put on him, and he and Brian Christopher were against you and Lawler on TV for yeah. first match in Memphis. And. Uh, now he brought that name himself. Okay. So I guess they wanted, they didn't want nothing to do with the Maiva. His right. grandfather was Peter Maiva, big star. His dad was Rocky Johnson, big star. And Dwayne was just starting, so I guess he was trying to make it on his own. So A little distance. He wanted to be Flex Cabana, so he, he came in with that name, Flex okay. Cabana. Well, it worked out okay for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just a little bit. All right, Evansville, Indiana, on July the 28th, the Superstar will be coming up to see y'all, and we used to come there for years, and I love coming to Evansville, and Evansville loved the Superstar, so we'll see you there July the 28th. Thanks! Bye!